What's up, everybody? How was your weekend? It was a really long weekend. It was Labor Day weekend. I hope you did not labor. We did not, for sure. We chilled and watched a lot of TV, including Gilmore Girls, which was Aaron's dream. So this week on the podcast, we talk about the Lumineers, a band that had a huge impact on me. We talk about Gilmore Girls, where you lead, I will follow. Man, Aaron loves that show as will be very evident to you in a few minutes. And also we talk about the day Aaron and I got married. Aaron and I went to a wedding this weekend. It was our first like social event in six months and the first time we've played music since February because we performed the ceremony music. And it was just, we got nostalgic about the day we got married and just, you know, sometimes you just get emotional. It's no big deal. But uh, fun episode, guys. I hope you enjoy O Jeremiah Talks. That's it. Let's do it. I want it to be you talking on the intro. I will get together. Yeah. Hello, darling. Happy Labor Day. Hi. We're recording this on Monday evening. We're a little bit sleepier than we usually are. Erin's got Erin's got sleepy eyes where she her and Noodles have the same look right before they're ready to go to bed when they when they scratch what is that their, supposed to mean? No, no, that's what y'all do. Y'all scratch at your eyes and you and you start going and then you that, that's your move. I tried to take a nap today and just like couldn't. Uh, this is the long-awaited episode you've been waiting for. This is Gilmore Girls Day, which I'm very excited about. I know. We get that crisp air. Uh, well, it's funny. In the South, whenever it, it gets to 85 degrees, mm-hmm. we're like, it's fall? It's whenever the mornings are like roughly in the 60s. Right, but it feels like like we're pretending it's fall. The second Starbucks tells everyone it's fall with yeah. the pumpkin spice yeah, latte. Yeah, you made a good point. They definitely... They they carry the weight of, hey, everybody, here's what season it is now. They carry the, they purposely did that. Yeah. So as soon as they start selling the pumpkin spice latte, the line around the Starbucks drive-thru is bananas. We know this because we've been. Because we were in the line. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were in the line. But it, it's really interesting how the second they start doing it, they start selling the the pumpkin spice latte and the ginger whatever like we start dressing differently we start expecting fall even though it feels exactly the same no i know i yeah quick note if you're wondering if the pumpkin cold brew cream situation is just as good i argue it's better it's not quite as sweet and it's just a really nice time yeah, and especially because if you're in the South and, and it's you're still expecting hot fall, out. it's definitely exactly. still hot out, but it's you want to pretend. It's a good the cold one, and you'll still have equally, if not more, of, of a, a good, good time. time. Babe, come on. D- that, obviously. That um, was... Yeah, I made us sit outside this morning. So, yeah, I definitely, like, geared up for your Gilmore Girls today. We made a pallet on the back porch, I read, and you just, ch- like chirped that's my term for whenever you just talk with no goal in mind you're not trying to have a conversation but you're trying to have your thoughts heard so we call it chirping because you sometimes will just go around the apartment and you'll just be like I mean this color wall is like more white than the other wall and I'll just be like (laughs) okay was that up for debate or anything and you just have to have you're in the chirping mood sometimes I do like to get some of my thoughts out sometimes you're the worst about it in the car or the best about it depending on when I'm nervous yes so I ask love, a lot of questions. I love when I'm driving, no one talks, <laughs> but I turn the music up loud and I listen to music and no one's talking. Yeah. And you're, you, you'll like raise your voice and be like, yeah, it's a lot of traffic. 
it's a lot of traffic. And I'm like trying to listen to music. Yeah. And I'll be like, do, do you want me to turn it down when we talk? And you're like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done. And then I'll turn it back up and then you'll immediately start chirping again. It's usually if I'm nervous. I was, um, cause the wedding we, we played for on, did we talk, we talked about that on well, Saturday. Like that was like 45 minutes away. And I was so nervous because like I hadn't, well, one, we haven't performed in a while, but also like playing keys, like, no, I would say this. I was pretty much lead the whole time. The whole time. So let's catch everyone up. Okay. We had the busiest weekend since pandemic this weekend because we played or we Two. played a wedding and we attended another wedding. Right. Because people still be getting married in a pandemic. And we're going to support it. And we're going to show up because I don't want to. If we can. Yeah. yeah if we can. I don't want to look back at this time and be like, wow, I I wish someone would have showed up for me or whatever, you know, like we have the capability of being responsible and I felt like we were as responsible as we possibly could have been. Yeah. And I think the, I I don't know where I'm at now is like the world can't just stop. Like people are still going to be getting married. I still want to show up for those people. It's hard. I, I just, man, I really hope no one, we don't hear of anyone getting sick from those events because it's like, you don't want them to have the, that burden. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, I know. 100%. And I just, <clears throat> I feel like COVID is still just as frustrating as it was since day one. But at some point, like we have to learn to navigate it in a way that's not just, hey, everybody never go outside. Hmm. It just, you know, because I'm sure yeah. w- with fall coming and it's going to get colder, people are going to be indoors more. So like, I'm sure it's going to spike back up again or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was our first time performing since February. So I was nervous for that. And, and we I, legitimately like forgot so much of the muscle yeah. memory that comes with performing. Well, and I typically don't sing lead and play piano on songs. Like that's just not what I do. Yeah. But I did that for a few and... For most of it. I sang one song and you sang the rest of them. That's true. Yeah. You carried a lot of or mo- the whole weight of the prelude, which was nice. Yeah. And I, you know... It's, it was a nice change of pace for me because, one, we actually got to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is it was nice to be able to just kind of take a back seat and just kind of watch it all unfold, you know? Yeah, I the hardest part of playing a cer- like ceremony music, and I'm sure people can assume this, is like the timing of everything. And it could not have worked out more. Like, it just like miraculously fell into place. And I also think the bride like timed the walking out to help us out. It was like, I don't know, because she's a musician too. And it was just like cool. Yeah, it was a great time. Um, But it was, it was such a good time. Like I haven't danced that much in a long time and you haven't danced that much ever since I've known you. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because both had an open bar (laughs) or if it's legitimately just because now that I'm 30, I know that no one cares. I used to have this, because if you know anything about me... Usually you don't care about most things. No, and not even that. I love being the center of attention. Like, I love making people laugh. So what is it about dancing? I don't know. You maybe thought that... Here's the thing, is I think a lot of people think, or in your head about, oh, people think that I am seriously trying to, like, really dance well. But, like, no one's trying to, like, look hot or cool. You know what I mean? Because, like, in... I feel like in high school, because dances were so, like, I don't know, ours were, like, very, like, sexual, because, like, that's where all the tension was happening, was, like, on the dance floor. Sure. And 
was pretty gross. And so then whenever you like grow up and you're an adult at a friend's wedding, it's like, no, this is just about like moving and having fun. It's like the, what is the show? Who? Oh, New Girl. Whenever Cece and Schmidt take like the, the very, what's it called? Like they're getting ready for their wedding. And so she goes to this like movement class. Like that's how I view dancing is like you literally just like move however you want. And I love that feeling. I think for me it was because at some point, I think it was social media. Everyone that you know dances does mm-hmm. it amazingly because they have like a gazillion followers and that's like something they've like really honed in on. Okay. And I think I've forgotten that dancing is a form of expression. And for me, it's just a way to have fun. Yeah. And it got dancing became a way to like the cool people did it or like I want people to think that I'm really good at this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was at a wedding one time. And uh, or we were both at this one wedding and no one was dancing. It was like a dry wedding. And you can tell that people were like very insecure about getting on the dance floor. And this one dude in orange pants and a bow tie got out there and he said, awesome. He said, y'all come on now and started dancing as if he was learning how to use his arms and legs in real time. He looked like Bambi learning to walk. Yeah, but it was was the sacrifice of just like. No, I'm just going to do this because y'all need to have a good time and you need someone to start the party. And then the party got started. And so now you and I do that at weddings. And la- last night you were like, "Hey, let's go, let's go get it started." And then we jumped up and we're there. Like, let's yeah. do it. And then we were just doing it. Yeah, we- and yeah, I'm like so willing to take that role. I there was a pivot in high school for me where because I high school I was pretty insecure until no, I was insecure the whole time. Had a this is crazy. I had like a peak in my grade years in middle school, like eighth year, eighth grade was like my year. Yeah. And then I hit high school and it, I shriveled back down. It's like I did it in reverse order. And, but my junior year, I remember being at like the junior prom and just being like, you know what? Just like, who cares about these people? I'm just going to like go out and dance. And I did. And everyone was like, Oh my goodness, like is Aaron dancing? Like it was right. It, I like felt a, a shift in me of being like, I don't really care. Yeah, it's it's interesting the difference between you and I in that at parties you're the party animal. In that you're the one that's on the dance floor. Like one time you went out dancing with your girlfriends and you came back and you said you had jumped the equivalent of five miles. Isn't that what you said? Set, my phone tracked seven. And you just jumped up and down the whole time. Yeah, I had my per- my I had like a over the shoulder purse on and my phone was in there, and apparently it was like tracking my movement. <laughs> yeah, and you were just ba- and I've and I've danced with you, and I know that that's your move is hands up, up and down, bouncing, whatever. I just I feel like a kid, you know. Yeah, I lo- I one of the things about pandemic that makes dancing not as fun is that part of the fun of dancing for me is just singing really loud. So like, I mean. And you get to sing all these songs that like everyone knows. Like mm-hmm. it's the only time like can't touch this or vanilla yeah. ice comes on and everyone's just like celebrating yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was like proud Mary or something. And I, we were singing through masks and it was just like, not the same thing, but it was still just like, so nice to be able to like be around people and see people and celebrate yeah. love and forget that, you know, mm-hmm. we've all been super bummed for six months. Although like the, that was really good. The food was at awesome. the weddings were, is just incredible. And it was funny. The both weddings gluten. were catered by the same people. So the the catering staff kind of looked at us like, "Are you guys crashing? Like, what's yeah. going on?" We're we're fans of all weddings, and we just show up wherever they are. The food was so great. There's 
there, there's like this moment where like we're at the wedding, we're all sitting down to dinner, and everyone's like chattering and talking or whatever. And then a Lumineer song came on, and it was my favorite Lumineer song. Donna. It, it was Donna. Donna. I I think that song is wonderful, and it kind of brought me back to how important the Lumineers were for our band and for me as a musician, because the twenty. It was 2009 when Mumford and Sons blew and changed, like they blew up and changed music for a hot minute. Okay. And the Lumineers was got was a big band that rose out of the splash from that. It was like the Lumineers, Mumford and Sons, Avett Brothers, like for whatever reason they all at, came after. Well, the Mumford and Sons made everybody want that genre. Mm. They made everyone so want you, suspenders and bow okay. ties and whatever. So even if they weren't technically after, they just made them shine a little bit more. Yeah. So you. it was like, because I remember Imagine Dragons, before they were as like alternative rock as they are, they marketed themselves as like the new Mumford and Sons. Because I can still remember the Facebook ad I saw, which was, love Mumford and Sons, then you're going to love... Um, time to, what is it? Uh, time to begin isn't, it's time is yes. what it's called. Uh, it, the ad was, if you love Mumford and Sons, you're going to love It's Time by Imagine Dragons. Wow. But at the time, it was the acoustic version of It's Time. So it sounded like Mumford and Sons. Yep. So I feel, I remember everyone at that time wanted, had just grew an appetite for folksy, loud singing music. Yeah. And I ended up getting tickets to see the Lumineers. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you were like, you got them for us to go. I got them for us to go. You know what I did instead? I can't remember. I went to see Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, what a, what a power move. I know. I went, no, it wasn't a power move. It just like, so I remember you bought the tickets and then my mom and Nana had tickets to go see Yo-Yo Ma at the Mobile Sanger Theater. But then they couldn't go. Mm. So they're like, Aaron, do you want these tickets? And I'd never seen him. Was it with an orchestra or just by himself? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was with the Mobile Symphony. Oh, that's amazing. And so I had friends that were in the concert, like in the symphony. And then I went with my friend Camila and Mariana. Okay. And so we drove down and like made like a night of it. What if you would have gone out to see Yo-Yo Ma and he opened with Ho-Hey? How crazy would that be? That. Oh my goodness. That would have been amazing. He was, at the beginning of quarantine, he was doing live streams that were just like insane. Yeah, he was great. I don't, I don't know if I regret it. Well, it was a really amazing moment to see the Lumineers. I saw them at Proud Leary's. I wish I would have. I saw them at the Lyric in Oxford, Mississippi. I honestly, I wish I would have gone with you but i don't think i had the foresight to know that that's what i would need later in life sure more than having seen another classical performance does that make sense yeah because you were you were definitely in between a chapter like ending and one beginning yes that was like i was my i was towing the line i was right in you the had middle. one foot in one and one foot in the other for sure and that was a hard decision yeah but we hung out that night though do you remember that did no, I don't. Remember. I went to go see you after I got back, and then like I went to your house whenever you when we both got back at the same time and hung out. Oh, okay, so it was right when so they the lyric is not a huge venue like the the Lumineers play like arenas and amphitheater or whatever you know they play huge rooms now like mm-hmm. theater shows, but this was right before 
they got the Blue Moon commercial. So I was like, I found the Lumineers on I was like Noise Trade or up, something. Right? And then they got the Hohe on the Blue Moon commercial, and then it was like an overnight sensation. Yeah. They literally got booked for um, Austin City Limits, I think is, it was an Austin festival, and they got put on the baby band stage because they were a baby band, and then blew up, and then everyone got mad that they were on the small stage, and the Lumineers came in defense of the stage, and they were like, hey, listen, when we got booked for this, no one knew who we were. Good and, for them. Like, it was so fast that, like, everyone thought we should be on the stage, and we agree with them. Wow, like, good for them. Yeah, but, like, their their rise was so fast. That sounds really quick. Yeah, so I got to see them. Was the cello player with them whenever you were there? Cello player was with them. Okay. This was, uh, this was, it was a five-piece band. It was the original three, and mm -hmm. then piano player and bass player. They found her on Craigslist, right? Yeah, and their ad was, do you want to play in a band that sounds like the Beatles? So then they like got this cello player and then they That's funny. Yeah. But so they played it the lyric and it was so they oversold so many tickets yeah. that it had to be a hazard being in there. Like everyone was standing on top of each other. You were close, right? I was very close to the point where whenever he they at that point in their show they would get out into the crowd to do ho hey. You remember this so well, don't you? I do because I I realize that it has a huge impact on me. In the music we make now from that day because there was no frills to it. But there's this moment where they come out to play Ho Hey and it goes terribly because they're so big that it's, there's too many people to do that. Mm -hmm. If it was a small room, it would have been so cool. I want to talk about that. Finish this story, but I want to talk about going out into the crowd after this. Okay. So they go out into the crowd and they get talked over because there's like 800 people in this room and then they... But as he's going out into the crowd, he hands me his guitar and he's like, can you hang on to this for me? And then he holds it and I feel like I have like, you know, right. the freaking sword in the stone or something. Sure. Like it was just like so, it was like such a, I was so impressionable at the time and it was just like blown away by it. Yeah, of course. Then they make it back on stage and they're like, hey, sorry, thanks for letting us try that. And then they played Ho Hey Loud and it was amazing. Good for them. So uh, you're. Yeah, I can, uh, it's kind of coming together for me now because I can tell how much of an impact it is to you. Whenever a band comes out in the audience and plays, yeah, you have, as a band, anytime that opportunity is remotely possible, you try to take that. I love it because it's it breaks the barrier of stage and audience, and it makes everyone feel like one. Yeah, I get that. I have a hard time. I feel most like an imposter when we do that. Interesting. Why is that? Because it doesn't feel like we're ready for that. In what way? In that, like, I'm like, oh, we're too small for this. So the reason it didn't work for them because they were too big for it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, and I think also it 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 goes deeper into just like my personality of like, you want to love everyone. Yeah. And I don't. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I, no, no, in a, in a, no, it was just that was sorry, the, the I mean, simplistic like, way of saying that was really funny. Yeah, to me. like and I, I hate everything. No, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, sorry, but I think you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't really have an interest to get to know every single person. Yeah, that and, would make more sense to me as your hang up than the other thing because I feel like we're the only size band that can get away with that. And I've never thought of it that way, but I mean, I think it. 
I guess, oh, I, I guess it's like a combination of that because I don't feel genuine of like opening myself up to like being in the middle of the room with so many people and I'm at arm's length from everyone whenever the stage usually separates me from people and I enjoy the separation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As an introvert. Yeah. And that's one of the many things you and I don't share is that like, I, because after a show, you, you have to pull me away. You're like, hey, listen, we've been talking for an hour. Can like, we please go? Yeah, because in my mind, I'm just like, I, I gave everything I could. I'm, I'm tapped out. So, so, anyways, I, I, all that to say, I respect whenever bands can do that. But it's really cool to hear your story of them, how they were like, oh, that didn't work. Let's go back and do it. Well, I remember they just owned that. So there was a moment when I saw Angels and Airwaves, which was Tom DeLonge, who used to be in Blink One Eight Two, and. He, he had a band after Blink-22 before Angels and Airwaves called Boxcar Racer. Mm-hmm. And they had a song called There Is. And it was like a ballad that was like it's their cool big song. And it's an Angels and Airwaves show. Like it's a lot of lights, whatever, whatever. And then the stage goes dark. And there's a, a lot of awkward silence. <laughs> and then at the back of the amphitheater mm-hmm. or theater, whatever it was, Tom DeLonge comes out of the back of the room with a lantern. And he's like... I want to be with you. And he literally sings There Is acapella all the way through the crowd. Hmm. And then I think about when the National, I saw the National at the Ryman and Matt Berninger jumped out into the crowd and tackled the dude next to me. Yikes. Like it just, it helps you remember that we're all just people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is just like a really surreal and it's a really powerful moment whenever it's like, oh, I'm looking up at this up at this dude oh wait no now he's literally tackling the dude next to me like this right. was yeah it's just i don't know i love the feeling of we're all connected in this way and i just i've always i've always really enjoyed that and i get that and i and i it's not that i don't support us doing it and that i'm like oh i'm better than you i'm gonna stay up here i'm not gonna get on your level like it's definitely not that no i don't think i i, I know you well enough to know that it, it couldn't be further from that yeah I just, there's like a level of, um, I guess there's a level of serious boundaries that are broken whenever that happens. And that really stresses me out. Yes. I would say metaphorically for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just not ready for that closeness. Well, well, the other thing about the Lumineers that I learned then that has been really helpful to me now is that there's no frills to it. It is legitimately every song that he sings on acoustic guitar and the band plays alongside him. Yeah. It nothing is lost when the whole band joins in. Yeah, I know. And his like lyrics aren't lost. His melodies, and I think it's because of like his melodies are just unlike any other musician I've ever heard. Yeah. I would say and I've just incredible. I think he has like Paul McCartney level melodies. Oh yeah. Like the I, the first time I listen, I'm like, I've never heard someone sing anything like that. How does he do it so well? I don't know. And not sound like he's making like a Broadway tune or something. I don't know. It's wild. Yeah. He loves, uh, female names that end with a, because there's, there's Ophelia, there's Angela, Donna, Donna, like he loves, he loves them. Yeah. But so I just, there's so, when you listen to the radio now, I'm like, what would this song even sound like? Like Justin Bieber's Yummy. Have I've you heard never, that song? No. It is it's noise on top of a beat on top of Justin Bieber saying yummy a lot of times. Oh no. Yeah. And I just I and I don't want to sound like a like one of those guys that's like it's not art, man. 
and because that's not what I'm trying to do, but it is really, it brings me back to ground zero when I hear a band just get up there and play their songs. Yeah. Cause there's no tricks on their records. No. Like you listen to these producers that, you know, it's like five grand a track to record with them. And it's like, because they're producing a track that no one else could do. And then when the Lumineers play, they're playing a song that no one else could play as bare bones, but with so much heart. And I just think that that's something that we're maybe not losing, but I feel like we're not paying as much attention to whenever a band can do that. I, I think it's just shifted, right? Because if that was in 09 that all of that happened, I think we would just shifted a little bit and we might shift in another direction that looks like that. Yeah, I, I hope that we go back to just four people with instruments playing their playing their guts out. Like, I, I just... I, that's when I was in high school, that's all I wanted to see. I just wanted to see people up on stage playing with everything that they had in them. But I just feel like we're getting further from that. And I don't, I'm, I'm interested in what the pandemic will do to that. Cause it's going to be harder and harder for four people to get on a stage, you know? Like yeah. I just, I think about that, like what effect that has for the long term of live music or whatever. Okay. Here it is. Here, here it is. Here it is. is. Here it is. The moment Bam. you've been waiting for. Gilmore Girls. What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Look, so <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. It's 85 degrees outside, which yeah. is as close to fall as we've had in months. Mm -hmm. Starbucks is selling pumpkin spice lattes, which is the universal sign of its fall now, regardless of what season it actually is, as we decided. Right. Which means it is Aaron Strickland's annual Gilmore Girls Marathon. I made it to September. I just realized that. You usually make it to August. Actually, yeah. let's be honest. You probably watch Gilmore Girls all the way through twice a year. I, I've paced it out this year, babe. This has been a good year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I haven't. So you and I watched the pilot episode together today. I, it's been a while since I've actually like sat down and like intentionally watched it. I know that's terrible, but I usually like put it on in the background if I'm like folding laundry or cooking or whatever. But this was like a sit down and actually watch it, watch it. Yeah. And it's just it's just comfort food and what I grew up on because I would get home from school around three forty five. And we would let be let out at three fifteen. I would talk to my friends for a little bit and then I would get home at three forty five. And then on ABC Family, Gilmore Girls would play at 4 p.m. And my sister and I would grab a snack. For some reason, the snack oatmeal is coming to mind. For, I ate a lot of oatmeal in high school. Uh, and we would just watch it and have a great time. It was whenever you had to, like, you know, rush in the commercial breaks to go to the bathroom. Like, make sure you didn't... Oh, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. But and the first time we actually watched the show, my grandmother... She and my grandfather, whenever he was sick, built a house next to the my house that I grew up in. And uh, whenever he had cancer, they like moved next door to us. And that led to whenever he passed away and she was no longer like caring for him. She started volunteering at a bunch of other places and or for work. And she um, would cook us dinner every Tuesday night, which was just like so kind. Yeah. And sometimes it was always kind of the vibe of like, well, we already, like, know what's going on with everyone every Tuesday, so, like, do we have to update it, or can we, like, watch some TV? And then one night, we just so happened to turn on the, well, I forgot what channel it came on, like, live, but, um, and we watched Gilmore Girls, and we all, like, really liked it, and then it got a little bit, 
more than PG. And so because it was like my grandma and like my uncle was there, we were like, maybe this isn't like a family show anymore. But my mom was like, it's cool if you girls keep watching it at home. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine that not being a family show. But I guess because like there's like Lorelai like sleeps with her boyfriend and Mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, the interesting thing to me about Gilmore Girls, because today was the first day I had context to any of it. My impression of the show, I would walk in with you watching it. Mm -hmm. It's that every character has a machine gun in their voice, in their throat, and they say a million words a minute. Like the, the... the scripts to that show have to be a novel every episode because they say so many they words. They memorize so much, yeah. But do you think they memorized, or was some of it imp- improv? I don't, I don't know. But I, I, and the the plot was always strange to me. Like there was always a play happening. There was always a like, play. Like there's like a theater oh, Miss director. Patty, yeah. Miss Patty's dance studio. Dance studio. Okay. okay. So there's that, which was cu- confusing. Everyone says Noodles looks like the dog on there, and I never saw the dog, but apparently that's a thing. And it was always strange to see like this rich mom that didn't get along with her daughter, but did get along with the granddaughter who's trying to go to Harvard. It was just like a very convoluted plot. And then the pilot answered everything for you. And the the pilot today put all those pieces together, and I felt like I watched yeah. an entire series in reverse. It was like M. Night Shyamalan of just like Yikes. watching all of the pieces finally come together today. So I was telling you this today, and I know I'm like a super fan, so I'm definitely biased on how awesome I think it is. But you know how actors always talk about, okay, but like really get to know who your character was before you step on set and start acting into the present time that that they're in during the film or during the show, right? Like you have to know their backstory, like where where are they coming from to get to where they are in this scene? And I've always thought that Gimel Girls did such a good job of that, of like you're like they set up who they are really, really well. Like it feels like they like really know and have established characters. Yeah, I think so too. Because they don't really fluctuate from that pilot episode. Like it's not like like a lot of shows. Like you're like, oh well, they just didn't really know who that person was gonna be yet. But from the get go, they knew exactly who Lorelai and Rory were. Yeah, and I can't the, say her name very well. Who's the guy Luke? that? Wow, that's how much you love that show. All I had to say was, "Who's the guy?" And you're like, "It's Luke." Like, he's a, curmu- a curmudgeon on episode one, and cur- what did you look What was that word? Curmudgeon. He's like an old, like, old fart. Like, just like, like, he puts a burger down oh, that they like ordered. Oh, he's like a grouchy guy. Yeah, and he's just like, red meat will kill you. Enjoy. Like, he's just like a grouchy old and man. And he's always like that. And yeah. he's always like that, even in the reboot or whatever. He's just always that guy. But the interesting thing about Gilmore Girls to me is when I hear... It's usually women your age that just love the show. You were like the target market for that. I know. It's never, you're never like cheering the plot or, you know, whatever. It's never like, can you believe how they killed off this? It's always how the show makes you feel. Yeah, it's a feeling. Yeah, the show feels like an atmosphere I mean, it helps that the opening credits uh, are literally just a shot of fall leaves. You love that. Yeah, and, and she also is addicted to coffee and like you it just makes you want to have coffee in the morning and it's just like a sweet I don't know there's like I cry every time someone graduates in that show I just like (laughs) it's a very specific uh time to cry there's several graduation scenes well the the relationship between Lorelai and Rory Mm -hmm. 
I can't say that. Did you, I can't say R O R Y? Yeah. Like you say Rory. I can't say R O Y A L. That word doesn't come out for me. Royal. Yeah, for some reason that's like a thing that I can't do. Sometimes you 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 accidentally say it correctly I'm and you're not like, "Oh my gosh, it. did you hear it?" I know. I, yeah, yeah. But I cannot understand a relationship like that between a, mo- a mother and a daughter. Probably because like that was not my experience at all. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's, yeah, I guess because, and that's the point, right? Is that because she had her at 16, they have such an unusual relationship. And I've heard of pe- people give a lot of flack for that and how like it's so unhealthy to have a relationship like that. And I'm just like, y'all, just let it be the show. Like, <laughs> right. come on. I, the 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 person that wrote the show was she? Because she, I've, I've read somewhere that she wrote it based on her life. Really? Was she okay, Lorelai so or Rory? You've done more research than I have than because I, I didn't know that. Are well, you talking so, about the Paladino? That's, chick? that's a, I think so. That's a habit I have because, like, whenever you pulled up the pilot, the first thing I wanted to see was if it was shot on sixty millimeter, and like it and was. That impressed you, and it did because so Scrubs, which we talked about a lot on this podcast, was also shot in sixty millimeter. Mm-hmm. And whenever this one came up, I was like, "Oh, this makes me feel like Scrubs a little bit." And then I looked, and it's because it was on the same format. Because it feels kind of timeless, and it feels timeless. It is the colors in it. I think are really beautiful. Like it, it definitely, whatever the fall filter is that they put on it, it just <laughs> it really sets well. It feels like like we were making coffee as we like prepared to watch the pilot because I, that was our goal today was to watch the pilot. And it was, I said, Hey, do we have any cream for the coffee? Which I never say. Yeah, That's weird. But they're at a diner drinking probably crappy coffee. We were drinking crappy coffee. And I was like, that's actually, let's get in. If we're going to do this, let's go all in. We're going to do it. Yeah. Do you wish you would have gone to a fancy Ivy league college? Uh, huh? I don't, if debt wasn't an issue, let's play that imaginary sure. game. Like if you did not have to pay for it now, like where, where do you regret your college experience? Cause that's a thing that I kept thinking about. Okay, If I didn't have to pay for it, I think I would have gone somewhere in New York. Well, let's say you got a rich grandma. <laughs> Planning that or assuming that I would have got accepted. Right. Because I know that I don't think my I would have gotten school, accepted. No, my high school education would not have equipped me for getting into one of those. No, like my GPA would have, my ACT score would not have, and my skill on violin would not have. So I don't think that any of that was an option. <laughs> I made a 34 on the uh, English portion of the ACT. We don't take the SAT in Mississippi, or at least I didn't. Um, I made a 34 on it. I made a 32 in the reading, and mm-hmm. I made an like a 15 in the math. Yeah, I don't like this game because I did really poorly on all of it. Oh, so I just, my thing is like, I'm so bad at math, and you've seen me. Anytime anyone is just like, no, I know. hey, dude, can you put a, a tip on this $1 bill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, get your calculator. Here's I the thing, and sorry, I... I don't support test taking as a whole, so that's a whole other t- tangent. No, sure. I don't. I don't think it accurately measures how well a student is doing. I don't, and I don't think it measures how intelligent you are. Like, sorry, that's a tangent. Then I don't want to go on right now. But some part of me does because you and I went to Harvard's campus. We did go to Harvard's campus. How did I forget that? Uh huh. Because I just wanted to kind of look around, and I, the whole. The thing is, is like, I, I loved college so much that, I mean, yeah, maybe I did, maybe going to like an Ivy League would have been fun. I don't know. Cause part of me wonders, 
man, you're just so new and you're just like figuring out you're so scared, but you're also just like so excited to kind of be on your own, but you don't have the adult worry of like a bunch of life stuff yet. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I had a really good college experience. So, but plot twist, she doesn't go to Harvard. Sorry no, to spoil I it for you. But. No, no, I, she goes to Yale. Mm. I'll have you know. There it is. But, and because the grandma was like super mad because like the whole time they were supposed to go to Harvard. No. Is that's that not, not right? Okay, cool. I have never seen the show, but I just wonder how much different things would have gone had that been something I wanted to pursue. Like a dude in my high school went to Harvard and Oxford. Okay. And I just wonder, like, you know, I since I was 11, I knew that I wanted to, like, live in a tour van and just, like, play shows. Like, what if that aptitude would have been, I want to go to Harvard? Like, Rory her experience was yeah like she really wanted that for herself and you also wonder like was her mom just drilling it in her head when she was a kid that's like the whole thought process of the of like oh did she just want her to have everything that she didn't have so is that why she kind of low-key became obsessed about getting into a really big school and i can't imagine the shell shock of getting to harvard graduating harvard and be like okay well now what yeah because what motivates you to go i just Finished, finished watching The Politician, and it's, like, kind of what motivates him to do what he does, you know? So, yeah. I don't I don't know. Let's go back to the show, though. Melissa McCarthy. Okay, here's a thought I had while Amazing. I was watching it. Here's, okay. a, here's a thought I had when I was watching it. Yes. I'm picturing you, okay? I'm picturing you seeing a commercial for Bridesmaids, and you said, oh, my gosh, it's Melissa from Gilmore Girls. And then you go to Bridesmaids expecting to see Suki or whatever. Her name. What's her name? Yeah, good job. Uh, you go expecting to see Suki. No. And instead you see Melissa McCarthy be Bridesmaids. Mm. The jump she went from Gilmore. She had already done some silly stuff before then, I think, right? Or no? She, so she did silly stuff before. Because she, she was in uh, Second City or... Uh, was I think, she on SNL? No. But the, here's the thing. She's been a guest, I guess. Uh, like, But it, after Bridesmaids. It wasn't a... Babe, like, I know what acting is. Like, I knew... No, no. I'm... I'm that's... You're, you're missing what I'm trying to say. Someone that loves Gilmore Girls... Like, so much. Expecting to see Suki. And instead, Melissa McCarthy like sh reveals who she was the entire time because holy cow, is she a different character in that show? So different. Yeah. And like, she is a G rated classic zany. Friend. I burn the soup, whatever. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. The, to watch her poop in a sink on bridesmaids. So good. Had to destroy your perspective of who that, of who that woman was. It didn't. It didn't. That's it didn't. so interesting. Cause no. I, I was surprised at how toned PG down she, she was. was. Yeah. yeah. And, I think, is it, I don't know if this is actually true, but like on most of the projects, no matter what it is that she works on, her husband is always in it. Yeah. And sure enough, he's in either one or two episodes of Gilmore Girls, which is really funny to me. I do remember seeing John Hamm. I was time literally going to yeah. tell you John Hamm is on there for a second. What a handsome fellow. A lot of people that you see in like these, or you remember seeing in like 90s sitcoms, like Frasier, Friends, like these like little guest stars that come in for like one episode. Yeah. You'll see a couple of them in the show. And I, uh, what I, I'm blanking on her actual name, but the chick that plays Paris, who's like Rory's like nemesis in high school. Oh yeah. 
and then she goes on to be with her in college like their roommates i i love her character i think she's really fun and i think she does a great job she was my favorite in the revamp whenever they did like a year in the life that came out like a yeah. couple years ago I remember, so whenever you're married and someone is super into a show, you watch bits and pieces of that show just going in between houses in the room or rooms in the house. I think that's clear based on this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I remember when you first started watching it for the first time, I was like, whoever that character is sucks. I hate, I could not watch the show because of that character. Really? And over time, every time I would hear her line, I'd be like, that chick is so funny. Yeah, she's good. And it just like shifted. Well, she, yeah, it was just such an extreme character and it was really fun. What, what yeah, I, can we go back to Melissa McCarthy for just a second? Yeah, yeah. Because we watch Parenthood that has Lorelai. What's her name? Lauren Graham, yeah. So it has Lauren Graham. So similar in the Lorelai figure. Very similar. And then we watched this weird B movie that had Lorelai and very similar. It's just like she carries... What movie? I can't remember what it's yeah. called. But she carries that energy in everything that she does. She's fun. She's fun and she's reliable. And I know if she's in a movie, I know what I'm getting. And that's why to see Melissa McCarthy be used in that way in the show. It was just so interesting. So yeah. interesting So to different, me. yeah. Yeah. Because she's literally like, oh no, Lorelai, I burned the soup. And now I'm, I, I'm so clumsy. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing she, her big breakout role is in Bridesmaids where she is like, legitimately tackling people and yeah yeah saying the most ridiculous things yeah i think the show makes you question if you want to live in a small town <laughs> you're like because it's like the atmosphere thing of like oh man that would be kind of cool to like know everyone everywhere well that was my experience like i lived in a super small town but like within walking distance to everything do you know what i mean yeah i mean i would say you weren't within walking it wasn't like the same type vibe do you know what i'm saying yeah, I, I would say that there are parts of my upbringing that were similar to that, though. Okay. Yeah, because, like, if you're in downtown Laurel, Mississippi, like, you know everyone that works at every store. Mm -hmm. And we would have, like, a community, like, uh, we had a community music room that everyone, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there are elements of it. Obviously, like, I lived in, I lived out, out in the woods, so it wasn't, like, the exact same experience, but yeah, it does make it look like a really fun way to grow up. It does. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. I, I don't think I have to sell it to anyone. You're, you've either watched it and loved it growing up or you have no interest in it at all. And I'm not here to convince you of anything. I do think, and I don't want to, I know a lot of people that hate on the show and it, it's just a good reminder that not all shows have to be everything for all people. I yeah. think what it does, it does really, really well. Yeah, I loved it. It was comfort food from episode one. From episode one. It's just like a nice... So well done. Fall breeze. I wanted to be Lorelai. Oh, interesting. I wanted to... I was always curious as to which one you resonated with. I think I... I probably... In high school, I probably resonated with Rory more, but... You did it. Lorelai's who I wanted to be. Yeah. Okay, go more girls. Thank you for watching that with me. Do you want to watch um, episode two tonight? No. Okay. Okay. Let's see a note. Okay, keeping on the theme of the this weekend, weekend. This weekend. We're going to share about our, our wedding. We're going to talk about our wedding because it, it, you, you can't help but see yourself if you've been married and you go to someone else's wedding. You're yeah. like, oh, th this is a lot different than the way we did it. Or 
it's hard for me to believe that it's going to be five years for us in January. Time is moving quicker, for sure. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where now I'm, like, so far away from, like, I'm on the other end of my 10-year anniversary. I mean, of my 10-year high school reunion. Mm-hmm. Like, now the next one is the 15-year. Okay. Like, it just moves so quick. Yeah, I know. Move so fast. Yeah. And I feel like when we moved to Athens, time just started like booking it. I agree with that. So we we got married and I, I feel like our wedding was so small compared to weddings that we've been to. Yeah, like so here's here's what went went down. My dad, whenever my sister and I were both born, which I think it's like a really kind thing that he did. He was like, well, I have girls. I need to put some money aside for their weddings one day. And so he like graciously put aside $5,000 for each of us and was just like, I'll keep that for him. I'll hang on to it. And whenever they're ready for it, I'll give it to him to use. So in my mind, I was like, cool, there's our budget for the wedding. And we went under that. That's wild. And knowing what I know now. No, I know because it gets. Because so I thought expensive. we were getting pretty spendy. Like even then, I was just like, "Oh wow, like that's that's an expensive thing. Like weddings are so expensive." And then we've well, seen like I, way it's more. It's because we had a lot of connections with people. We had a lot of really generous, kind people just do awesome things for us. You know, yeah, like bartering is alive and well when you're a musician. And that's kind of what happened. And I tried to. Uh, I tried to generously tip everyone that offered their services at like really cheap for us. Um, but it still stayed really cheap. And we also, we did it on a Sunday to get the discount. Yeah. Uh, we had like free booze because we played an event for the company one time. At a brewery, yeah. And then I ended up with two wedding dresses that were... But collectively, I only spent $300 on both of them. So tell the, how did you get two wedding dresses? <laughs> so I like, mm, I didn't want to spend a lot of money on a dress. That just like, that's, I just didn't want to. I, I don't, I don't know that I really have an explanation for it. I wasn't feeling great about how I looked about myself at the time. And I just, I didn't want anything that I typically envisioned in my head of like a white thing. But what I did was I found a really cheap off-the-shoulder white dress online for, like, about $150. I got it, and it bare, it it was, like, less than half an inch too small to zip up the back. And so everywhere else it was, like, close to perfect. And so my mom was like, okay, we'll get it altered. We get it altered for 50 bucks, okay? And she lets it out too much, and then it's just, like, gapingly big. And it's a week away from the wedding. So I was just like, I don't, you know, this know, is crazy. For some reason, I remember you didn't like the way you looked in it. No, yeah. Well, also, it was too big at this point. Right. No, I know. But it I didn't remember fit. Like, the way, like, the design was on you. You were just like, oh, this isn't what I was this picturing. This isn't what I was, yeah, I don't love it. So we were a week out from the wedding. I already had my shoes. I already, like... <laughs> thought of some earrings I might have like I just didn't plan it very well I didn't I knew I didn't want to veil I think I wanted to be the most invisible bride there ever was <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah um so it was a week out my mom was freaking out my sister was there I remember we were at her apartment in Mobile and 
my sister was like, you know what? It's okay. We're I'm going to drive up to Hattiesburg tomorrow and I'm going to meet you at Dillard's or David's Bridal or wherever you need to go. We're going to go and we're going to find something that works for you. And I was like, you know, I've actually always loved the whole 20s look and like very beaded, um, kind of like an understated, like long thing. Like that would just be really cool if I could find that. But I know the possibility of that's going to be farted, like really slim. So before my sister got there, because she left at the crack of dawn, but I, I, David's bridal was open super early. I went and my go-to was, okay, I don't want to try on these wedding dresses. Like, what if I found a really awesome bridesmaid's dress that I loved? Because I didn't have, my sister was my only bridesmaid. And she had already had, she picked out her dress. It was like an emerald green. I let her pick out whatever she wanted. And so I was like, what if I just get a really cool bridesmaid's dress? And the closest that one I found that I liked was like a purplish color. And I was like, that's a little too far off. So then went to Dillard's. And it was January at this point, so they had a bunch of Mardi Gras dresses out, and I found my favorite dress. And I was like, and Alex called me, and she was like, hey, what store are you at? And I was like, I'm at Dillard's, and I think I found it. And she's like, awesome. I'll be there in a second. And she came in, and she was like, that's it. Let's do it. And we checked out, and the chick gave me a free Mardi Gras mask to go with it, and I said, thanks. I will take that. Do you still have the mask? I still have it. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's still in its packaging. Funny. So, yeah, it was just a very simple, I think, but elegant uh, dress that I was really proud of. Um, I knew I wanted my hair somewhat, like, braided. I just, I don't know. Like, we got our flowers from Publix. All of our flowers except my bouquet. We spent a lot of money on those. Or, for me, a lot of money. That was, like... I was like, let's get cheap flowers for the table because what's the point in going all out? Like, this is silly. You know, like, well, I, I, I just know, didn't want to go crazy. Well, I was somebody that I never thought I would get married just growing up. It just wasn't something I, like, I pictured or something I was just, like, dreamed about. It's just not, like, I know a lot of dudes, like, at 22, he was just like, man, I'm getting too old. Like, I'm, if I'm not, if I don't hurry, I'm going to lose my chance of getting married. And I'm like, dude, you're 22. Yeah. And I turned 26 a week after we got married. And I thought that was really young to get married. But it's, you know, when you meet yeah, the, me when you meet the person and it's just like, you're like, why you, not now? Well, yeah. And it's like, no, I can't not get married. Like I it know. Just, the narrative changes. I felt that way too. And I just like, I, I think weddings are beautiful and I, and I understand why there's so much money that goes into them. I think another thing is that, one of one of the first things I ever got paid real money for was playing a wedding. So I have probably been to, I mean, may, I don't know, anywhere from like 50 to 100 weddings in my lifetime. That's a lot. That's well, too I'm, many. I'm thankful for the wedding industry because of how it like get how it gives work for musicians and totally. artists and sound engineers. Like yeah. it takes an army and it's really great because like, we're we're running out of ways to pay musicians. Yeah, but and and I mean, you and I have probably played what would you guess like twenty weddings? Probably. And I've attended some, and then I played for several in college with quartets. And first one I did, I was like fifteen, and that was like my teacher's blessing of. So he got hired to play this wedding, and he was busy, and so he was like, "I actually have a student that I think is ready." Hmm. And so that was like my first paid thing. That was the first time. Um, and yeah, so I, I think I was just kind of, it, the, 
the show the showiness of it it kind of stopped surprising me and so i just didn't really have a need to just go all out and Do you know I, what I mean th- yeah and i think we have done enough of them now we know the the most memorable things are typically not like the floral arrangement or what it is legitimately just like are these people really stoked to get married yeah and it's like so obvious yeah for sure and i and i think you know my my mom really wanted people to have a good time and wanted to make sure everyone was like fed well and Maybe we should have cared about our guests more. <laughs> like, I don't know. But I, I feel we like just, everyone... We just super didn't, honestly. We super didn't because we were just like... But I mean, we st- I, f- I still feel like we had like good food. My mom was really bummed that we didn't have like a full meal for everyone. Right. But we ended up having just like super heavy or... Dirt- like, I love appetizer food. So I was like, let's just do like a ton of just like really heavy... And I mean, everyone was totally f- fed well. It just wasn't what she envisioned, which was like my sister's wedding, which was like three course like a very, very formal yeah very bougie i didn't to- toss a bouquet we didn't do a garter we didn't have a first dance i literally just put a playlist on my ipod but we created it together we yeah. like we like put together our playlist that we wanted we didn't do a f- first dance of any sort so i did a flash mob instead with I my friend i remember friends. getting mcdonald's after our wedding did that yeah happen? you know what we messed up so your friend your best man john laukin and fixed us a plate of food to have as soon as the ceremony was over, which was very kind. And yeah. so we went and ate, but like we were so nervous and like still crying. Like we just like weren't hungry at the moment. And then we started talking to everyone. We accidentally got and like stood at the line to where we just greeted everyone. So we said hello to every single person. There's like 175 people, I think. And then, yeah. And, and so then we should have asked for a to go box on the way to the hotel. But instead, we like we we're like, no, let's just go. And then we literally got McDonald's on the way to New Orleans. Yeah, because we were on our way to our honeymoon the next day to Ireland. So funny, but bad idea. Bad idea to fly out at the crack of dawn the next morning. Yeah, I've heard people crush that story. Some people do well Some with people, that. Like I remember we were talking to someone, and they were like, and I was like, where'd you go on your honeymoon? And they're like, well, we went to Belgium, France. The and I was like. Really? And you, and they did all the touristy things like, and they awesome. loved it. But you and I went and we were exhausted, emotionally drained. That but was we, the most you've ever cried in your entire life. Okay. So here's what I want to say about Ireland. And then I want to go back. Then I want to backpedal a little bit. To the sea of your tears. So we Sorry. picked Ireland because we both, I studied abroad when I was in college and you you did too, and you'd you'd seen some stuff because like you traveled. I didn't study abroad, but I'd been to a lot of Europe. And so right. we the goal was to find... Pl- we were going to go to a country that neither one of us had ever experienced. And I did not want to bother with a language barrier. <laughs> so I said, let's go to Ireland. And then we get off the plane and we get to the center of Dublin. And I ask for directions and I say, hey, which way to downtown? And the guy goes, harbor, 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 harbor. And I was like, oh my gosh, what have we done? Like their accents are so thick that mm-hmm. I had like, I, and we were so jet lagged. I couldn't register the words. So tired. And you were we, in charge of booking the hotel. You, we thought we were staying in a castle. Because it was called the Castle Hotel. And it had pictures of castles. And the picture, the display picture on the website yep. was the, was it the Dublin uh, Library? It was, um, 
Yeah, I think it was like something that was within walking distance of the hotel. And it was just your typical hotel in Dublin. Still dope because still we're in a different dope. country. But, but when you, whenever you're like, I got a freaking castle, and then you pull up and it is legitimately like, just like a roadside hotel. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is... So anyway, I am not a crier. Are you crying right now? No. Your voice did something weird. Oh, sorry. That was... Maybe... What if I cried right now? Yeah. I'm not going to cry. I'm so brave. Uh, so... Just I'm because you crier. cry doesn't mean you're not brave. Okay, easy. I am not a <laughs> crier, but for argue. some reason, the night before our wedding, mm-hmm. we exchanged gifts. And for your gift, you made a piano piece of music that you wrote and performed. And then you wrote me a letter and you put on the headphones and I read your letter. And the notes went inside my brain. Inside my ear canal, <laughs> traveled up to my brain and broke all of the dams that keep the water of emotion in my head still. Because for the next 32 hours, I was a wreck. And I didn't even perform it well. And that's why I gave you the letter with it. Because I needed you to read while listening because it was so bad. Because my goal was to write you a song. Right. But I don't know how to write a song. Right. And I'd never written a song before in my life. So I just came up with a theme on piano. I still remember how it goes. It's I think it's pretty. Yeah. Um, I could play it. Like I, I could I could still remember it now. Mm. Um, but I was just like, man, this really is hard. So I'm just gonna write him a letter and just like tell him how I really feel. Yeah. And then And I, it really just like it got me. And then I woke up crying the next day. Like I had my tears for breakfast. We you know it's funny. You were, you were with John Laukin and stayed with you, mm-hmm. and then my sister and my mom were with me, and they asked me, they're like, hey, what do you want for breakfast for your wedding tonight? And I was like, oh, can you get me a bagel from Southbound? And so my sister went to go get it, and then they saw you at Southbound, and so yeah. we both had the same breakfast, the same... Yeah, we we are very similar in so many ways, and that's, that's funny. So we like ate the same food. Yeah, and I... We, so we're doing the day, things all day and like everything makes me cry. It's just like, hey man, do you want another cup of coffee? And I'm like, yes. And it's just, it's. <laughs> you cried so much. I cried so much. And then we even I got, did a first look. That was, and it was torture. It was torture. That was like, a little I dramatic. Wish, I wish that we would have gotten married over Skype. It was too emotional. The first look was a little dramatic. I didn't like the whole like tap him on the shoulder. Yeah. It's I'm too like, much. Just let me get out of the car. Like, just this is dumb. And it's also interesting because it was the group of people that helped us get married knew us so intimately. Mm. And all it was like all of them were in on the joke that was neither of us were prepared for the emotional wrecking ball we were about Such to get. Such an hit emotional by. day. And then we went to like a coffee shop. And I was like, Y'all, I'm I'm so anxious. I'm not gonna drink this. They're like, just get it anyway. Yeah. And then we I love those pictures of us in the record store. Though. Those are my favorite from the whole day because yeah. we, it just, it's so funny. We walked in with a wedding dress and a suit and everyone's just like, Oh, it was just like such a weird. Also. So it was a January wedding. So it was cold ish for yeah. Mississippi. And whenever I had like the initial white dress, then I saw this like shawl on Etsy that I thought would look cool over it for like a wintry wedding thing. Well, I had a different dress at this point, but I still was like, man, I spent $80 on this stupid shawl. I'm wearing this for I'm wearing shawl. it. And so I wore it for a few pictures, and that is so ugly. <laughs> I mean, you paid for it, though. It was so yeah. ugly. I sold it, though. I sold it on Poshmark for 30 bucks. Mm. 
So that is really funny that I was like so adamant about that. And I was like, this is really ugly. But my flowers were freaking beautiful. Yeah. Cake was 10 out of 10 insanely good. God. Food was incredible. Yeah, I, I would say... Flash mob, did that... Four, that made you cry. That made me cry. Everything made me cry. Everything. Man, our songs... Our song... So our wedding song was 500 Miles, The Sleeping at Last Virgin. If you have not heard that, I can't listen to it without crying. Yes. that I mean, that song is a beautiful... Like, you listen to the song, and I would walk... Five, yeah. And it's just silly. But then whenever you slow it down and Ryan O'Neill sings it... Yes. It is... So emotionally, like driven. It, yeah, it's just like you can't not cry in it. It's amazing. We got engaged at the end of May of 2015, and mm-hmm. then got married in January of that next year. And we picked out the song pretty quickly. And I would listen to that on my runs and just like tear up, like imagining it all the yeah. time. Like, and that was like my mental preparation of like getting excited for the wedding and everything. And I ha- I don't know that I've listened to it since. Like it's like really hard for me to listen to. I haven't either. I I was on a random playlist and there was a new version of it where there was like an orchestra and I changed it. Oh no, I couldn't get through it. Yeah, I changed it. I was like, nope, not I'm not trying to do this, bud. So we and I we had some of our friends pr- play music for the ceremony. Beautiful. Like we did come thou fount Classic. for a prelude. And then the, our wedding party was literally just my sister and your friend John. Well, and so, so reason, everyone walked out to 500 miles. The reason John Laukinen was my best man, uh, he is one of the greatest friends I've ever had. He annoys the ever-living crap out of me. That's sweet. Um, he is one of my least favorite people and my favorite person on earth. Like cool. we, we argue as much as we get along. But the reason he was my best man, because I have two brothers that were probably better suited to be my best man. Uh, but I told John once, we had been dating for two years or something, and he sat me down and he was like, dude, what's the deal? What are you waiting on? And I was like, dude, she's like cool. Like she's not going to like pressure me into getting marriage and into being married. And he said, no, I am like, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> and I, was, I never once bugged you about it. Never once. We never even talked about it. Mm-mm. I wasn't, I was scared when we got engaged. I was like, I thought it was too soon. Yeah. And it, John was like, dude. You have the girl. Everyone knows you have the girl, and you know you have the girl. You need to grow up because you are wasting everyone's time. And I love tough love. It is my. It is the form of love that I resonate with the most if it's by someone that I trust. Yeah. And it in that moment after that meal, I walked away and I was so angry at him. And then like an hour later or something, you called me on the phone and it felt like my wife was calling me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that is exactly what John was telling me. When did you have that conversation? It was a, it was probably like six months before we got engaged. Yeah. Because I, st- I mean, you know, you can have an epiphany all day long, but until you're ready to like... You have to be ready. You have to be ready and it has to be... I don't even know like what the philosophy uh, is on like doing it for the right reasons or whatever, but... Him having that conversation and you calling me right after was proof that I I knew what I was going to do, mm-hmm. but I just I wasn't there yet. And then the second we got married, I was just like, we should have done this three years ago. Well, like when we first started, we started dating, and like two weeks into dating, we talked about marriage. Yeah. And then we never talked about it again. Yeah. 
Like we talked about it intensely. And then you got, after you got sick with West Nile virus, like that made things so real that we kind of just like, we needed to chill. Yeah. And so we stopped talking about it for a while and until we got engaged. Yeah. But no, wait, really quick though. So Come Thou Fount and then 500 Miles was for everyone. And then my favorite song ever growing up and like one of my favorite songs to this day is Do You Believe in Magic by The Love and Spoonful. And that was our exit song. Yep. And Lindsay did such a good job singing that. Yes. There, uh, it was just, it was a perfect evening. And then our pastor quoted freaking Bob Dylan. Yeah. Made you cry even more. And it was really funny. The first person I talked to that I can remember when the wedding was over was my dad. And he came up and he said, I didn't know you were going to do that. Talking about how much I cried. And he was like, I told people you were going to be cool. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it, just, it just like I was never taught how to cry growing up because that's something that I think boys need to be taught that it's OK. Yeah. Because it's just not something that I learned. Yeah. And that day I got a crash course in it. Because when, when I woke up knowing, oh, today's going to end with me being married to the girl of my dreams, there was no stopping it. I cried over breakfast, that, lunch. Yeah, that song just, man, that night just before just really messed you up. Messed me and up. And we didn't even have a rehearsal the night before. Nope. We met, we went to the record shop. All we did we was got eat dinner together. And we ate, and I, and I didn't, we didn't want anyone to give speeches. And it's funny because... I remember you on our wedding day. I don't remember what people said. It's, it, sometimes you remind me that certain things happened, like there was a coffee truck, and like I just don't remember any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm that's why like you get bogged down in the details of it, and you forget that you're not going to remember any of that stuff. I remember all of it. I think because I made a lot of the decisions. Yeah, and maybe that's like just I'm like part of. Also, I have a you know this. I have a crazy good memory with like details. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. Uh, I love you. Love you too. Uh, do you want to tell the people what you're into this week? Oh, I mean, Mike and Ike's member. Oh, we didn't, they didn't hear me talk about that. I think I have a mild addiction to Mike and Ike since going to Kate and Isaac's wedding. Yeah. I've smashed almost three bags of them. Because they look like hot tamales, but they taste like Jolly Ranchers. Or maybe not Jolly Ranchers. Maybe that's not Jelly right. Beans? Jelly Beans. Jelly Beans. They're like fat Jelly Beans. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, I don't know that I want to say that I'm in. Oh, no, Thrive Market. I just got a membership on Thrive Market. Yep. Organic, like, good foods for you at a discounted rate. You have to pay for a membership fee, which I wasn't excited about. But then I found out that if for every membership that gets bought, they give a membership to a low-income family for free. That's amazing. So that healthy, organic food can be accessible to everyone. I feel Isn't like that amazing? That's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Can I complain about it for a second? Uh, that's that's weird. No, no. Maybe complain is the wrong word. Okay. Maybe set expectations. Did How's you that? just like not like my ordering? No. Here's what I want to say. What? Eating organic snacks feels like switching to organic deodorant in that you're like, oh, this is just going to be an adjustment. There's a transition period. But when you stick to it. It's worth it. It's worth it because... Did you like the chips the second time? Second time, I loved them. Good for you. So I, if you put tortillas in front of me... I know. Get ready to see a miracle because they're, they're going to be all inside of me because I can't stop. Right. But Aaron got these like organic white bean kale whatever chips and I had three of them and I was like, okay, that's enough of that. And then, <laughs> then I would put them up. 
but the next time I had them, I was just like, oh wow, these are these are good. When you stop eating garbage, you forget. And this is not a lecturing healthy podcast by any means. Um, we had Taco Bell three days ago, right? But when you stop eating total garbage, you forget what real organic food tastes like. It's it's designed not to make you keep eating. And it's you're the- supposed to be tired of a food if you eat it over and over again but doritos and all this stuff has like so many ingredients in it that you want more because your tongue can't grasp onto one particular taste in the same is way my opinion no sure i sw- so you you one day you and your sister just got to talking and the next thing you had thrown our microwave away and it's only organic in our household no plastic no plastic and then i had to switch to organic body wash organic deodorant and i hate it i was mad at both of you because i'm like i smell bad all the time how do you feel now i feel amazing we were at someone's house and they had old spice body wash was all they had that stuff smells like an explosion of neon like it smells so artificial it smells so loud i felt like i was like a stripper like i smelled (laughs) so loud okay and you just forget like oh you weren't meant to smell this much Regardless right. of how right. you know, yeah. If, how you're, if your quote, body good it is. is absorbing all of that, that means there's too much in it. Yes. So I switched to organic, made the switch, and it's you. I feel better. Whatever. I know we're being dramatic, and here's another thing. Like you said, we did eat Taco Bell like four days ago, and I don't regret it. No, it was a great time. We're okay. We're just trying to. We're just trying. We're just trying to live long. Trying to live forever. That's as long as we can. Hello. So Thrive Market. I. Definitely recommend it. They had some really great sales, and that's mostly what I bought. Yeah. Uh, I'm into two different things. Okay. The first thing I'm super into is Phineas's new song, What They'll Say About so Us. So good. So good. It's like my man pounded some Adele and then hit the record button and just, it's a heartbreaker, and it's really beautiful. I love his voice. His voice is great. His production, like the opposite way of the Lumineers, his production is an art form all by itself. Like if you don't like his voice, if you don't like his songs, you could like his production and it'd be a whole thing. Like the way he builds a song is miraculous. Magical. Yeah. yeah, in the opposite way we were talking about the Lumineers earlier. Yeah. But uh, so I really, really love that song. Um, the other thing that I'm really into, which we will talk about later, is oh. I pounded all of the Mandalorian today. And I have so many thoughts. Are we going to talk about that later? We're going to talk about that later. I think we'll talk about that closer to season two premiering. When is that? October? October, I think. Okay. But so many thoughts. My, But I will say, overall, I had a good time. And I look forward to talking more about it. You didn't like it at first and then... Yeah, it took me seven episodes to get into it. But I, oh. but I did it because the episodes were short. And I was just like, eh, I'm having a good time. And honestly, the thing that kept me going How is... Long are th- Sorry, go ahead. My the thing I that kept me going is, am I ever gonna see this dude's face? Like that just like And it's hard to just grasp to it, a character with that, yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to like emotionally grapple onto a character, but uh it's I get just that. it's a really, really fun time if you if you we'll talk about be. that later. Though. We'll talk about that later. But how long are those episodes? Uh the average episode is like thirty five minutes. <laughs> whenever whenever I sat you down to watch the Gilmore Girls pilot, it was like forty five and you're like, What? This is garbage. Yeah. Okay. I love you. I'm glad we got married. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that you were my pandemic buddy. Yeah. I feel like I'm losing you. Your eyebrows furrowed. Well, I just don't know where you're going with this. I don't know either. Okay, Let's get married all over again. Sure. Can we do like one of those vow renewals where we get married again? Yes. What year do you want to do that? Do you want to do a five-year party? 
No. Well, I we wanna, probably can't. <laughs> no, no. I want to do one that's like when we're 50. Do you want to do a 10-year renewal? No. Why 50. Not? <sighs> no, no. That's what I, I mean. I, like, that's what I think the vibe is. 50. You're like settled on that. Settled. No, but. I feel like 10 years is too soon to renew stuff. That My cousin did that. Remember we played for that one? Your cousin's too cool, though. 25. Plus 25. No, 25. 50. Okay. 25. 50. Jeremiah, okay. <laughs>